Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Believe Georgia Dodge Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Air Cox with an up and out. Wide open. Touchdown. Israel Troop. Snap to Young. Drops back. Pressure from the edges. He throws near sideline. And it's intercepted. Intercepted. Kaylee Ringo at the 21. Off he goes. 40, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30. Near sideline. Breaks a tackle. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. 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 Georgia. Good evening, neighborhood. How about them dogs? 32-18. Let the celebration begin. All right, welcome in. It's the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Coming at you on the video side uh, on Brinks TV, Brinks.TV. You can see that link down at the bottom. Uh, Joining me, as always, my main man, Israel Troop. Israel, what's up, dude? What's going on, brother? I like the new background there. You know, appreciate it. You know, I like to feel that Jesus is always around me, so I have him behind me today. I'm I'm gonna say, and you're you're gonna you're gonna lie to me and say that you painted it yourself, right? <laughs> I did not. I'm not the creative mind that did this one. There you go. There you go. So, uh, well, welcome in. It is uh, it is a uh, pre President's Day weekend episode. Uh, we got a got a great show lined up for you. You can see on the sidebar. I'm not going to read it to you, but uh, we got lots to talk about. Uh, some concerning things, some fun things, and just some general talk. Uh, there was an interesting thing I saw on Twitter uh, that we will discuss. Uh, but if, but as always, you can follow us on social media. That's going to be scrolling down the bottom uh, on the bottom for most of the show. So be sure to check that out. We are presented by BetOnline.ag. The Super Bowl is over. Football's over. The USFL is coming back. The uniforms just got unveiled today. But basketball's in full steam. Uh, college hoops is uh, coming down the home stretch now, getting ready for tournament time. But from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. So um, if you want to get on there and lose a pretty penny like I did, uh, head over to the website, use your mobile device, Sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code believe that's B L E A V to get started. And, uh, whatever I bet lately, just bet the opposite. I'll, I'll be sure to tell you just bet the opposite. I took Cincinnati. I hit the spread, but I took the under and not the over. And I lost my part. I took the Rams. I took that four and a half and they won by three. Yeah. I, uh, I, I hedged my bets and took a Rams money line just in case they won. And for, for whatever reason, um, I think I took Rams money line and I think I still lost that one, but I don't know. It, it was brutal. I might have to make another deposit. Hopefully they have like a buyback deposit promo code coming up soon. I know, right? We took all my little coin. 
Absolutely. Well, it's the fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play all your favorite Vegas casino games as well. So bet online, it's where the game starts. So if you want to jump back in, jump back in, who, you know, who am I to say, but super bowl, uh, what'd you think of the game, the commercials, the halftime show, all the above, um, Israel. I, I thought Man, it was I a great game. I thought it was a great game, you know, um, two very evenly matched offenses, um, two really good defenses as well. Um, you know, I thought that uh, when the Rams went up 13-3, to I kind of thought it was going to be they were going to run away with it. But I think mm-hmm. the Bengals bounced back. Um, it shows you the the testicular fortitude of uh, Joe Burrow because he was getting hounded all night. Um, so it shows you just how good the receivers are as well. Um, they did really good against the secondary of the Rams. Um, they made um, Jalen Ramsey, you know, look average. You know, because we all know that Jalen Ramsey is that dude. And, you know, Jamar Chase and uh, uh, T. Higgins, you know, they'd had a really good game against him. Um, so I think all in all, it was a great ball game, um, great halftime show, great commercials. Um, I was really excited to see that Jordan Peele is coming out with a new movie. Um, I've loved all his movies. So I was, that's one commercial I was really waiting forward to see exactly what this was going to be about. So um, all in all, it was a great Super Bowl. You know, uh, Matt finally got his um, got his chance, um, brought him back for a victory. And Cooper Cup is by far one of the best receivers in the league right now, Barnett. Mm-hmm. And Devontae Adams, absolutely, uh, he agrees with you. Uh, he, he saw that coming. But, uh, I mean, I thought it was a great game plan by both teams defensively. Uh, they both, you know, took advantage of what they're great at, defensive line play and defensive front play. Neither team could really run the ball that much, I, I thought thought maybe Cincinnati abandoned the run a little too soon, but when you look at the quarterback plays, they were patient. They took what they could. They played field mm-hmm. position all night long. It just so happened that Matthew Stafford made a few more plays and, you know, his experience, his 12 years of Detroit experience showed, I mean, you know, all the lumps that he took, all the beatings that he took, the game winning drives, I mean, the guy was one. The guy's one of the best fourth quarter uh, quarterbacks in the league, and he's been that way for most of his career. And mm-hmm. it showed. I mean, the poise that he had on that on that final drive. You saw it when they played Tampa. You saw it in the NFC Championship game, and then you saw it in the Super Bowl when he had to have it. He put a 15 play drive together, scored actually two touchdowns. One of them got called back, uh, but threw two touchdown passes in that drive. Um, two really good passes, two really good, mm-hmm. I would say dimes, uh, personally, but I mean, they just, again, you know, Sean McVay was protecting his quarterback. He knew the run game wasn't there, but he wasn't going to abandon it. And I thought the Rams played that type of game perfectly. Most definitely. I think, uh, like you said, I think the Bengals abandoned the run a little bit, um, early because they were actually getting very positive yards. I think Nixon was doing a good job. You know, getting three, four yards on first down, um, they just kind of got away from it. I think they put the ball in Burroughs' hands a little bit too much, especially when they got the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, against a very good defense like the Rams, I think you kind of got to, you know, do what do what works. You know, do what got you to run the football, mixing in running passes. Um, we know the offensive line wasn't great, but they did a really good job in in run blocking. Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard to block. You know, Aaron Donald. And if they put three, four people on him and he still gets back there, then you got Leonard Floyd and Bob Miller coming at you too. Yeah, that so, I mean, it's really hard to block those guys up front. Yeah. So when you're you're dropping back, you know, 
30, 40 times in a game. Um, you're, you're bound to get sacked a couple of times. I think he got sacked, what, nine, eight, nine times, something like he, that. He got sacked. Yeah. Yeah. I, get, I think it was seven, seven or eight. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, it goes to show you. And, and, and the thing I said about this game when previewing it in our last episode was that the Rams could do what the Titans did defensively and do what the Titans could not do and take advantage of it. And, and, and they did. And I think the Bengals, even though you're not running Joe Mixon every time, but screens, long handoffs, things to get the ball on the edge, things to get those guys running laterally, I, I think could have helped you and, and really could have gotten you to the point where you do what you do well, which is push the ball down the field vertically. So they didn't give themselves a chance at that. They just tried to push the ball vertically downfield without really any semblance of a run game. And Aaron Donald made him pay. Leonard Floyd made him pay. Von Miller made him pay. So um, hats off to the Rams. But, you know, I, I think that the inexperience showed a little bit with, with the Bengals. And, you know, they, they had a valiant effort. And they did a lot of good things. But they just came up short. And, you know, this is one of those games you're watching and you're like, man, I just hate that somebody had to lose this game. I mean, the, the final drive came down to a fourth and one in Rams territory. Like they get that fourth to one, they probably go down and at least kick the field goal to tie it up. Definitely. Like they they weren't far from that. Yeah. And I said in our last um, podcast, you know, I said one thing that the Rams are going to have to do is get Joe Burr on the ground. Um, And if you notice, if he was able to escape the sack from, I think Donald got the last one. Um, If he was able to escape that, Jamar Chase is butt naked because he has, broken Jalen Ramsey off again, mm-hmm. um, getting going toward the end zone. So, I mean, you know, that game could have flipped again had he been able to get away from that sack or he had another second because DeMar Chase was wide open on the sideline. Yeah, he was. Absolutely was. But Aaron Donald just uh, – he couldn't even look at him. Aaron Donald's back there so quick. Um, he didn't have time to even – glance up he had to immediately look at donald and try to get away so i don't know that he would have saw him even even if he did get away i think he would probably just tucked and ran and try to get the first down but um yeah as far as the rams go offensively uh you know you lose you know they lose a couple receivers right uh they lose uh you know well they don't lose a couple receivers they lose uh, well they lose higgin no higby and then they lose uh odell beckham jr they still won. Exactly. You know, that just goes to show that's what maturity does. That's mm-hmm. what experience does for you. Um, and I, and it, I promise you it's not the last time we'll see the Bengals. Um, but I do have this to say. I really hate it for, for Staff Daddy. Um, you know, he's been going through it since they won the Super Bowl. Um, you know, everybody's coming at him because everybody's talking about Hall of Fame and all this stuff. And I think I think Matt – Matthew, let me get it right because I don't want Kelly to get mad at me. But yeah, let's say Matthew, off Kelly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Matthew is just happy, happy to win a Super Bowl, happy to to get there. You know, he's mm-hmm. been taking the beat in Detroit for so long. Um, you know, just let him enjoy it. You know, he's not talking about Hall of Fame or anything like that. But you know how the media does; they tend to blow everything up, and you know, they tend to have that parade. Yeah, um, I hate that for the young lady. I hope she makes a speedy recovery. Um, you know, but you know, just let 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 him enjoy it. You know, everybody's yeah. upset because Aaron Donald might be retiring. Well, he's done everything he needs to do. The he's not retiring. Was, he's, he said, "Let's run it back." So, they ain't got to worry about yeah, that. And, and then the, I mean, when you win the Super Bowl, it's like, thank you. you know, I've done 
one player of the year, Pro Bowls, all that good stuff. Uh-huh. Let my body rest for a minute, if you, even if you wanted to. So, right. I mean, you know, everybody just relax. Let, let these people be great for, you know, the little time that they have. Yeah, I mean, there's no, you know, uh, everything's so polarizing and reactionary and let's try to get our views up and all that stuff. I mean, there's no, like, I just feel like, and this is, this is kind of a soapbox I have, but like all these shows, like first take with Stephen a and whoever else they got across the table from and nowadays, uh, Skip and Shannon, you know, first things first, you know, all those shows, all those big pundit shows, I think are starting to turn into characters of themselves and they just mm-hmm. live in the overreaction one way or the other. You know, like Joe Burrow choked or Matthew Stafford Hall of Fame. We're not ready for either of those things. Like you have to look at this thing with like some real glasses on like Matthew Stafford. Will he, could he be a Hall of Famer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Are we ready to have that conversation? No, because he's got probably what, six, seven, eight more years left to to kind of build his resume. So, I mean, this is, this is a great feather in the cap. Don't get me wrong, but like when did we become a society that has to live in the overreaction every single moment? Man, let's think about this. Let's think about if all these. Uh Oh, can I hear me? Okay. I lost for a second, but let's just think about all these people who are, have so much to say. Let's just go back and think if social media and all this stuff was out when they were playing. Yeah. Shannon Sharp, let's not forget. Oh, Shannon Sharp, you ain't Shannon. always been the <laughs> you ain't always been the most nice well, let's just say you ain't been the nicest person in the world during your career. Yeah, they, a, they would roast I mean, roast Shannon. And I love Shannon. And and Shannon when he's a guest on other people's shows, that's when you get real Shannon. And real Shannon I love I love Shannon Sharp. I think he's, I think he's a brilliant guy. I think he's, you know, I think, you know, he's matured a little bit with his opinions, but I think, uh, I think his show with, with, with uh, skip is, I, I just think he's a character. Now the character of Shannon sharp is yeah. different from Shannon sharp, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that, yeah, that's I mean, what disappoints about me. Right and stuff and- yeah. And, you know, the media, like you said, it's clickbait, you know, see if we can get as many, as many views and things like that. Yeah. But, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take, I, the, I hate it. I'll take the uh, marathon route. You know, I, I don't want to sit here and take the other side of the yeah. fence, uh, just to take the other side of the fence, just so you and I can get in a screaming match to get, to get ratings. Oh, they hate each other, you know? And then behind the scenes, you know, we're all like, Hey, what's up, man? You know, no, I want to be real. Like if, if, if I agree with you, I agree with you. If I happen to agree with you with everything you say in a particular episode, great. If I don't great, but I'm not going to scream at you one way or the other. And we're, we're going to, you know, and, and if it means that we don't get a million views right away, so be it. You know, I, I'd rather be real. Yeah, just, Corey, Corey, Corey. No, Corey, Corey, no, Corey. No, 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 no Israel, you are wrong and you are wrong again. Yeah, I just, like, I, I can't imagine myself living that way. <clears throat> I got better things to do. Yeah, I can't do it. Can't, I can't do it. It's not worth it, but, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm glad the Rams won. It, it, you're the dog, man. You got Sony, Nick Jones, Thomas Brown. Mm-hmm. Leonard Floyd, Matt Stafford, all those guys are on the on the staff of the Rams. So I mean, 
Thomas Brown might be getting the offensive coordinator gig with the with the Vikings here. So I mean, it's the year of the nice. Dolphins. Sure. Nice, nice. You better bundle up. It's cold up there. I don't think I don't think Minneapolis is your type of city. A little bit, a little bit too no, much uh, snow and ice up there for you. It was a nice eighty-two degrees today in South Georgia, so I would definitely not be moving anywhere close to snow. We, we, got, we had seventy degrees, but it was like storming all day long here. We've had nice weather this no week. Deal. No deal. We've had nice weather, it, but it was. Uh, it, we had like a tornado watch today, but um, yeah. commercials. What do you think of the commercials? I, I didn't get, you know, I didn't get a chance to watch most, most of that. I was, I did a lot of cooking. I was, I was managing yeah, my ribs and yeah. I'm trying to think. There was one really good one, but I can't remember which one it was. I might have to go um, back and watch you know, them all. Honestly. Um, I, I can't, I can't, I can't picture them. Cause I was too much into the game to even think about the commercials. Yeah, and then I, by the time, you know, I really thought about it, the halftime show was going on. So, I mean, that was a great halftime show. Mm-hmm. It was. It was. Uh, 50 Cent, <laughs> the memes that came out of his his appearance were outstanding. <laughs> 50 Cent is a full dollar now. <laughs> Man. And once again, I was one of my players, you know, we have we have a group chat, you know, where we communicate with our players. It was like, dang, 50 Cent, that got big. I was like, so have you think about it when, when you're 20, 30 years, you know, in your, in your career, I promise you, you won't look the same as you did when you were younger. No, nobody does. Nobody does. And then they, they, none of the kids I've ever coached realize that until they realize it. Yeah. You know, you, you, you get 38 years old and next thing you know, your athleticism just falls off a cliff. We had, we had dodgeball yeah. students for faculty. I'm thinking we're going to steamroll these kids. And next thing you know, we're walking away with an L. I'm like, oh, shit. What <laughs> you're the out there by yourself. You're the lone ranger. Yeah. And, and they, it, it just, it, oh, God, it's like, man, you walk away going, yeah, they just, they just whipped our ass. They, they, <laughs> it, it, it happened. They whipped our ass and they, they, they sea walked on us too. Man. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't do the gritty walk on you. They no. hit the gritty on y'all too. Yeah, they hit the gritty on us. They were, I mean, they were talking all sorts of, all sorts of stuff, man. They were man, talking that, that back. Yeah, we're gonna. They, you better believe it before they leave. We have to run it back. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to be that dude that said they cheated, but I'm not so sure that they understood the rules too much. <laughs> They didn't understand the assignment. I don't think they understood the assignment, like what happens when you get hit. But I, I did Mahomes. I did Mahomes. One of the kids, where uh, I looked one way and threw the other and drilled him. I did the. I did the look to my right, throw to my left. Those are the best. You know, you could get that one kid that you hate in class, and you finally get to hit him, and it's legal. Yeah. So you just beam him in the face. Yeah. That's the that's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. Those you know, are the best days. Mm-hmm. And then you get to then you get to tell them that they're out, you know, as well. Yep. Yeah. Go sit down. Sit down. Then then you then you have to it's it's one of those situations situations where you have to check yourself before you like say yeah. something really, really bad. 
<laughs> you get a situation where you're like, uh oh. <laughs> okay, I better, I better. Next day, you know, you're better. Next thing Next you're, you know, you're getting called into the principal's office. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. They, Burton, you got a lot of complaints about you. There's a video circulating on the internet right now of you beaming this kid in the face and then standing over doing him the gravy around him. Yeah. You did the uh, Fortnite teabag dance on him. What, what is up with that? Um, yeah. Just something like. Yeah. And you're cussing him out. a Gatorade bottle and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's up with that? Did you use, was that actual beer? Did you pull actual beer out of your pockets? Did you have a kid throw yeah. you two beers? Look like a couple of Natty Lights. Man. Yeah, that looks like a, that looks like a Natty Light can to me. And then he gives you a low <laughs> five on the way out, you know, like, so, yeah. But no, the, the, uh, the halftime show was, was, uh, was outstanding. Like I, I, I've been listening to Dre. I listened to Dre and Snoop for like two days straight after that. You got to. It brings back so many great memories. Mm-hmm. I remember my sophomore year. Hey. The the uh, I remember uh, Chronic 2001 came out. My sophomore year yeah, high school. So we were we were bumping that man. It was you know still Dre next episode. Uh, just bumping that Eminem. It just came out. I mean I I went as far. And don't laugh. But I went as far as dyeing my hair bleach blonde. No uh, way. Yeah, I did. I did. Dyed oh, my hair. Boy. Yeah. I was a dumbass 16 year old. We're saw, definitely going to see pictures of that one day. I have to dig that up for you. I dig it up for you. It's, uh, it's, quite, it's quite comical. <laughs> quite comical and then i thought it looked good so i went for round two like that's the troubling part i went i went for round two yeah and my parents thought it was okay too i was like hoping that they would veto it i think deep down i was hoping they'd veto it but they didn't so whatever. they went along with the plan they understood the assignment they they, they did that that was that was a lesson right there in not picking my own hairstyle they're like, okay, you want to branch out, pick your own hairstyle? Yeah. So now, I, now I've been with this since, ever since. Good choice. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong. You're good. Nothing wrong with this. <laughs> Nothing wrong with this. It's, it's all good. So, um, but yeah, man, uh, the Super Bowl, I, I had fun. It was, it was a great game. Uh, it was fun to watch because I wasn't rooting for anybody in particular, except for my bet. I was just hoping that we, I, I was shepherding it. I was like, okay, Rams are going to win by three. So I'm good on the spread. I just score, just, just score two. I, I just needed six more points. Score, mm-hmm. just score. I don't know why. I don't know why I took the over. I talked myself into the over. I was, I was under all day long. And then last minute I talked myself into the over and it's just never, it just never works. Never. I I always talk myself out of the I know I and I didn't. I didn't. I failed. I did not understand that assignment. That's for sure. So um Israel, uh we we were on SEC after dark last night and uh all your uh, all your friends joined in. The bot. 
the Russia. Russian bots. Yeah, they they joined in. They wanted to hear about NordVPN. They uh, wanted. Yeah. Yeah, they wanted to hear about NordVPN. So uh, what's more important than peace of mind, Israel? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you face today on the Internet, including those Russian bots that come to see you, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, the most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive. Here's what you're going to do. So you're going to grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe, or just use the code believe that's B L E A V to get up to 70% off on your NordVPN plan. Plus one additional month for free. It also carries a risk-free. It also carries Nord's risk-free 30 day money back guarantee. So uh, so you're in uh, you're in a lot of you're in a lot of good shape there with NordVPN. So so check them out and tell them that uh, tell them that that Israel and his friends the Russians sent sent you there. Now they just keep coming back. They do. They keep they 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 just they're just they, they just love them some Israel. They're they're big fans. You know you're you're big yeah. in Russia apparently. I don't know what it is, but you are. You're big in Russia. I guess they heard you like vodka. You like, you like vodka? I don't even know if you like vodka. Not really. You're not a vodka guy? Nah. They're going to be disappointed about that. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be disappointed. Um, I'll wait till, wait till I tell, wait till we tell them on Beast of the East on Monday. How about that? Um, so, right. so uh, basketball. What? Oh, gee. Yeah. Yeah. What's up with basketball? Oh, he took a, took an ass kicking last night or two nights ago. Yeah, no, last night. Last night, LSU. Oh, it was it was gross. It was gross, man. It, it have, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that we've checked out, but like we've really checked out, right? Mm. Yeah, I think everybody's kind of checked out. Um, it's getting worse. Um, and the, the bad thing about it is that we have to finish the season. Um, watching, I think there's, what, four or five more games left for the tournament, something like that. Yeah, I, I, I just don't think I can do it. My stomach's turning so, just talking about this one. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be bad. Um but I think it's going to be a relief as well, um, kind of when everything shakes out. So, um, you know, I, I hate it for Coach Crane. You know, I hate it for those guys, but it's going to happen. And I hope we can get somebody in that can kind of rectify everything that's been going on. Yeah, I mean, 26 turnovers. Cool. That's bad. 26 turnovers. That That's horrible. Um, that's basically like you're just giving it to the other mm-hmm. player. Like, here you go. I don't even want it anymore. Like, it's like it. It's almost like every third possession, you're just coughing it up or throwing it out of bounds or whatever. Um, I I don't know, man. Like, and and of course, you know, you don't want 
coach cream to get, you know, you don't ever want anybody to get fired. Um, that's not the goal here. The goal is to find the right fit. And do I think Tom Crean is a good coach? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Do I think he's right for Georgia? Absolutely not. It's not working here. Uh, they're, they're not buying his message. I don't know that this program ever really bought in. This is a tough gig in and of itself. To take over the, the Georgia men's basketball program is a really tough gig because of the apathy that surrounds the program, which is kind of sad to say. But, you know, you get – you know, you, you think somebody like Anthony Edwards coming into the program would have been like the spark plug that would have turned this whole thing around, and it didn't. And I think deep down people want a really good basketball program, but just so you – is it just because we're used to losing? I, I, I can't put my finger on it, really. I think the old, the old regime is just – all right, it's basketball. We always knew the girls, uh, the women's basketball team was always good. So all the resources and everything like that kind of went toward them, which I which I understand, yeah. you know. But I think now that um, my boy Josh Brooks is there, I think he's kind of putting a, a step on everything. Every sport's going to be elite. Um, yeah. You know, he's, he's around Kirby Smart every day. So, you know, he wants everything to be elite. Everything's going to be, you know, at a standard of, of what mm-hmm. Georgia should be. You know, right. the SEC is not just the, the walking dog of the league anymore. Right. Um, the SEC is, is becoming a dominant league. You got the Albans, the Tennessee, the the Vandys, you know, have come a long way. Um, Kentucky, who's won a couple of nice championships. So, I mean, this is not a league that, you know, you just run through all the time. It's not just the Big Ten ACC anymore. No, um, it's not. The SEC is coming along. So, I know you got to compete with that. Um, yep. So, the, the days of being mediocre are over. So I think the next coach that comes in has to understand that, yes, you have a tough job, but understand this. The SEC is, is where you want to be. Um, yeah. And you, you're in the mecca of, of basketball. You're going to be, what, 45 minutes from Atlanta. Yeah. Um, you know, you got Milton. You have Cedar Grove. You have all the schools in Atlanta that play basketball. Those guys play about South Gwinnett, you know, where Mercer and Lou Will came from. You know, you have all those guys. You know, that they, they ball 365. So yeah. if you can't keep those guys in the state like football's doing, like baseball's doing, uh, women's yeah. basketball's doing, and, and pull um, a couple of, of out-of-state players, you know, some of, some of their players as well, then this job's not for you. You know, it's going to be tough, you know, for that first or second year. <laughs> but by the third year, we, we should be rolling, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, all you got to – I mean, honestly, the, the, the formula is there. I mean, every other program around us has shown us the formula. We're just too damn stubborn to to figure it out, man. Um, you recruit Atlanta, get you three studs out of Atlanta every year, and then fill the rest with transfer portal and role players. You get three studs out of Atlanta every year. You're going to be a great program. Just get three. That's all you need. You don't need to get 25 like football. Get three. That's all you need. Three. Mm-hmm. Get a get get a guy that's six eleven, seven foot, and physical. Get a shooter and a point guard. Exactly. And then and then fill the other spots with you know, get you get you a sharpshooter as a role player, and get you a rebounder. Get you a Rodman, and you'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can find like. 
you you can you can get you can sign five kids you know sign five kids every year three studs from Atlanta two two diamonds in the rough that are just gritty and very specific skills and that will help you win basketball games exactly because you know I look at Auburn I look at what Bruce Pearl was able to do um, by year three you know yeah. they were ranked number one. You know, they're, they're going to make a, a nice little run here in the tournament. You know, they don't get knocked out the first day like everybody else. Um, so, I mean, it's the culture of basketball at Georgia right now. Um, it was there when you was there. When you were there, it was there when I was there. Um, basketball mm-hmm. really hasn't been, you know, counted on. As, well, just take it back. Men's basketball hasn't really been counted on. Um, so like nice. I said, the women's side has always been really good. Um, but I think, it, I think it's time. Um, I think, uh, Josh Brooks is ready for it. Yeah. So I think it's going to be, I think it, when this season's over with, I think they're going to do a national search. Um, I think in my opinion, you know, I saw a poll the other day, you know, um, Terrence Evans put it out of, you know, who should be the new coach. I think they should get one of these guys from the NBA, one of these young coaches from there. Yeah. Um, cause I know we can pay him. So, you know, yeah, get can. him to come in. Um, you know, because not only does that look good, but he also has ties to the NBA, which I'm pretty sure every kid wants mm-hmm. to go to. That, that's you know, what you want. To play football. I mean, basketball. So, yeah. um, get a, get a guy like that, young guy that's hungry, that's going to come in and recruit, that's going to mm-hmm. come and do it the right way. Got to create a culture of basketball that you know we have people jumping up and down, you know, in segment. Um. So mm-hmm. I think it's just the culture of basketball just needs to change. And they have to bring a guy in, you know, young, energetic guy. You know, I'm all about – you hear this all the time with football. You know, yeah. they want a, a proven winner or a proven guy with experience, things like that. But sometimes that doesn't work because, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. No, you can't. So you bring, a, you bring a young guy in that can relate to these kids, you know, get on their level, you know, bring a good support staff in with him because the head coach is only as good as his assistant. Um, so you got, you got to do things that cater to the new generation and that's social media. That is, you know, music that is, you know, coaches coming in the locker room, dancing, things like that. You know, look right. at coach Williams at North Carolina, coach K is the reason why they were able to be so successful. Not only did they transform with the times, but they also brought guys in, you know, that could help them do that. So that's what Georgia has to do. And I think that's what they're going to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's the, that's the recipe right there. The fact of the matter is this is real. No. Um, I mean, it, it really is. I mean, that that's, you know, you, you've got to figure out how to tap into the, not only the recruiting, you, you have to figure out a way to, to tap into the student pot, student body, the boosters, you got to get some excitement around the program, not just with recruits, but on your own campus too. You've got to get a crowd there. You've got to, you've got to create an atmosphere like they have now at Auburn, which was not always there. The same, the same passion and atmosphere that you have at Rupp arena. Why is Rupp arena so hard, so difficult to play at? It's a tough environment because passionate fans, right? Cameron indoor stadium. It looks like the end of a random building. It doesn't even look, it's not even like some iconic looking arena. It looks like it's just attached to the end of a building and you wouldn't even know it unless you like ran smack into the sign, but you, but you walk in 
and the students are right there on top of you and they're all they're they're intelligent and they're rowdy and they you know they have their own signature thing where they jump up and down the whole time and they have their own signature chants and things like that they've built a culture there at duke for basketball carolina the same way they they've got their own they've got their own deal the dean dome like it's a tough place to play because they've made it that way the stegosaurus ain't a tough place to play stegosaurus is just slow and moving until the girls come to play exactly exactly so you have to you have to figure out a way and i think josh i think i think josh brooks will do a tremendous job in in, in that regard uh, i mean I, I you know just watching from what i see on tv it, it seems like the atmosphere on our end, or i say our end but on the administration's end looks like they're trying to improve it and make it something but just the product on the court's just not there yeah, I mean they're they're putting the money into into the facilities and all that stuff, which is great, you know. But you know you, you need money to keep all that stuff up. So, mm-hmm. um, and with that, you need fans. Uh, I mean, look at Bruce. Bruce Pearl is is at the football game with his shirt off. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, um, yeah. Carson comes in. Carson comes in into the gym, and the, and the place goes crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's little things like that. You know, that just you know, makes basketball, you know, if you don't basketball to me, you know, I'm a football guy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to me, unless it's jumping and people are excited, basketball is boring to me. Um, Just to be honest, because I'm a a football guy, you know, but when, when there's people jumping up and, you know, a game at, you know, at Cameron Indoor State would be amazing. Yeah. Just because that's why I used to watch Duke games. I would watch Duke games just to watch the atmosphere. I don't care about Duke. I'm not a Duke fan. I mean, you know, they they made it fun to watch. And I was like, ah, I like watching Duke home games. Yeah. You watch our games, it's like everybody's sitting down. Yeah. And no you, spike squad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, you've got to have – and you've got to have stuff that's unique to basketball too. Like you can't try the same – stuff that you do at football at every sporting event. You got to have stuff that's unique and we don't have that either. You know, you got to have something got to have something. So it's got to be exciting. It's got to be exciting. It just got exciting. And it's boring. And you get your eyes beat in yeah. until the girls play. And then not, now there's excitement. Now they're doing the beating. Because um, coach Taylor is gotten girls rolling. She does. She, she is, she's handling her business. She is, I mean, that, that's, he, I actually, and I, I was on the phone uh, with a friend of mine and I just got home uh, and turned the TV on and the, the women were playing at LSU. Unfortunately, I think we lo- ended up losing that game. So I'm never, I'm not going to watch another girls game just cause I don't want to jinx them. I don't want to be bad luck, but um I, I happened to turn it on. And I told my friend, I was like, yeah, I'm, here's where, here's where I am on Georgia basketball. I actually voluntarily turned on the women's game. I did not do the same for the men's men's game. Mm-hmm. That tells you like to get somebody that doesn't really like basketball too much. I, I'll admit I struggle liking basketball because of where basketball is right now. I think it's too soft. I think the sport has gotten a little soft. Uh, and to watch the That's girls, 
we had a girl, I can't remember who it was at this point. Uh, I think it was our point guard. Uh, she got a technical because she got the, she got the hell knocked out of her and she got up and was like pissed about it, like on a rampage. And like, you see the energy and the passion, the grit and just the, like they play with so much more toughness. It seems like yeah. relatively speaking, I should say, but they, they play with so much toughness, so much more fire. Like, you know, you watch Jenna Stady score a basket and she's excited about it. Their teammates are excited for her. And the way they work the ball around, you can tell they're well coached. You can tell they have chemistry. You can tell they enjoy actually playing together and they've actually played together before. Like that's what watching a UJ women's game looks like. That's what it looks like. That's what basketball should be. Passion, energy, cohesiveness, and acting like you guys have played together before. Acting like y'all have played together. It yeah. goes a long way. Yeah, like, we don't, there's we don't no, see that on the men's side. You don't. I don't have these lofty standards. I actually enjoyed watching a little bit of Auburn basketball. I think they play. I think they play that way. I think Kentucky plays that way, although they kind of struggled against Tennessee. They Tennessee had uh, th- that was that was a long time coming. Tennessee was ready for that game, um, but those are the type of things that I like to see. Like Tennessee, Kentucky truly hate each other. Those are fun to watch because they play that way. <laughs> Nobody hates Georgia basketball because it's really relevant. So. I don't know. Maybe I should. Maybe I should join with Vinny and be a Kentucky fan. I don't know. Nah, I'm not going to do that. Um, so that's where I stand. And and if that means moving on from Tom Crean, I mean, at some point, it's business, and we're, he's not getting his business well, done. Thing. So you got to move on. He's got about two more weeks left, and it's going to be holla holla. <laughs> They're going to change the playbook on him. So, uh, I just, you know, it's just not there. I, you you go and hire somebody from the NBA and just, let's just, let's go. Let's go. I mean, honestly, whoever comes in is going to have to make their own energy. That's just, that's just the way it's got, that's just the way it's got to be. It's not going to be an established person. Let's just go ahead and wrap our mind around that. It's not going to be an established person. I just don't think I just don't think we're we're there yet. But it's going to be somebody that it's going to be somebody young. They're going to be hungry, and I think they're going to be able to uh, create inroads to Atlanta. Yeah, that's that's what we're going to have to do. That's all, that's all we that's, need. That's how you're going to that's how you're going to win basketball games at that's UGA. You, you got to get some kids from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, you got you got to get some country boys from down here where I'm at. You know, because mm-hmm. we actually play really good basketball down here as well. And then, you know, like you said, still a couple of guys from the portal. And then you got to go, you got to build a culture there that people want to come to. And stay. Come to. Because it's also the horse manure that the two best players in our conference were on Georgia's roster last year. Yeah. That's where I was. That's the first. That's the first point that I was done with Tom Crean. When the two top performers in the conference were on your roster last year and you lost them, that was a no for me. 
Yeah, he's on borrow. He's on borrowed time now. He's got about two weeks left. Yeah, and and two in about two weeks, I will. Well, let's just let's just get through these two weeks. I'll I'll catch up on Jack Reacher on Amazon Prime, or you know, I'm watching Trojan <laughs> War on the ESPN Plus. Um, no. I will get ready. I'm gonna get geared up for this USFL draft. Yeah, it's gonna be good. I can't wait to see that. Oh, we got football coming. It's exciting. It's exciting. So, um, have you heard anything about the new uh, DBs coach? I have not. Um, I, I haven't heard of a leak or anything. Yeah, I haven't heard um, anything either. Like, I, I, I think ultimately it's going to be Zach Etheridge. I hope it is. I thought we were going to get Zach Etheridge, but you know, he came out with a big highlight video deal. Um, with him saying, "Let's run it back with Auburn." So, I don't, I don't know if we're going to get him. Yeah, they're still working on him. I was hoping that we would definitely get him, but um, we shall see. I think that's my top pick. Um, I think the um, the guy from Clemson, I think, is my second pick right now. How about um, how about this guy? Look up this guy, Rod Roddy on on uh, on Dog. That was uh, brought this name up, Fran Brown. From Rutgers. He spent time at Temple. Yeah, he's been at Temple. He's been at Baylor. Um, Let me see. Rutgers is paying him now. Oh yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? I think it'd be a good one. Uh, like I said, Etheridge is my is my number one choice there. Simply yeah. from a recruiting standpoint, um, I think he made it relate to the kid uh, really well. Um, just and just because I know him personally, um, so he would definitely be my first choice. But you know, I just want a guy that can come in and you know yeah. keep what we got going. Um, you know, I think we got a very talented room. Very talented group of kids. You know, got Reno coming back. Alan Green picked up some, you know, recruiting as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we just got to bring a guy that can come in and and, and keep those guys together. You know, bring, yeah. a, bring the guy like B-Mac in. It's going to keep that yeah. receiver room together. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So you to, whoever you hire is going to have to be strong and, you know, a, a great uh, player manager because we know DBs and receivers are the two toughest positions to coach on a football team. Yes, they are. Y- y'all y'all are divas. We are. Y'all y'all are divas. Um if I'm putting it mildly. Uh <laughs> very mildly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. Some of uh some we of are, my worst nightmares at Hillwood are, are diva wide receivers. But yeah. Um, we are very moody. You just never know what you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. And and everybody, I don't know if you get this at Monroe, but everybody wants to be a receiver. Everybody, yeah. and they take playing they take playing O line D line as a punishment. You won't yeah. be a, like they like. There's some kids, and I'm I'm one million percent honest when I say this. I'm not even exaggerating. Like, hey, he's he's just saying this for the camera. This is not real. No, for real, we have kids. I had a kid that would rather be a fourth string tight end than the first string center. Wow. 
I told him, I was like, you're going to be fourth at best at tight end. Like these four guys are these three guys. I know for a fact are better than you faster than you can catch better than you. Um, but you're big and you got really good hand eye coordination and you can actually snap the football. Nah. Something that could really help us. And, and, and he ended up quitting. Because he wasn't going to play Go tight end. Because he wasn't going to play tight end. Like, and he didn't want to play like hand in the dirt tight end. He wanted to play like Kyle Pitts type tight end. Nah, because. Nah, nah, brother. You're going to be over here watching the game with me. It's like, and I told him, I asked him yeah. point blank. I said, now you're telling me, okay, I want to get this right. You're telling me you'd rather be a fourth. You'd rather be fourth string. You don't want to be like you don't want to be in the eleven. And then I had to pause. Oh, I, like I, had, I was like I, I just looked at. Him. I just gave him a blank look. Like I was like, can I? I was like, really? Yeah. You know that like disappointed. Like, okay, suit yourself. So I found I found another center. We were fine, but yeah. What can Let me we tell do? You right? Tatum, Tatum Kelly Troop. If he is bigger than any other kid, his hand would be in the dirt. Point blank period. I don't want to hear no ifs ands or buts about it. Yeah, Daddy, I want to play quarterback. No, you don't, son. You're gonna play guard. I'm sorry, but that's what you're gonna do. Yeah, you're a good guard. Like, like, I don't understand like where and why and, and how the, you know, because even football is becoming a pretty sport. People wanted to make, people are wanting to make it a pretty sport. Like basketball is a pretty sport. That's why everybody plays it. It's a pretty sport. You know, everybody can shoot everybody, like everyone's shooting threes and there's no like, you know, you, you get breathed on wrong and it's a foul. It's just a pretty sport, right? Football's not pretty. And people try to make it pretty. And, and you can't. It just, you can't. It will never be a pretty sport. It'll always be a really difficult, it'll really be hard sport. It's outside, you're in the elements. It's raining or it's cold or it's like a million degrees and you're wearing 13 pounds of equipment. You're, you're always going to be uncomfortable. You know, I, I could sit here and list a mile long of all the, the, the bad crap that you, that you have to deal with. But, but, to me, but to me, the list of cool stuff that you get to deal with is even longer. Like, I mean, what, what sport, what activity besides boxing and hockey can you legally knock the ever living crap out of somebody and not get in trouble for it? Get praised for it. Actually, football. Exactly. Not you literally hand this. And you get to do it repeatedly. Yeah. Not just one time, many times. I mean, I just don't get it, man. I, I just don't get it. I don't get, I mean, it's this little seven on seven culture, which I mean, seven on seven is fun. It has its place, but it's not real football. And, and these seven on seven yeah, people. I saw, 
thing today about uh, Deion Sanders saying I have never looked at a kid 707 and wanted to offer a kid a scholarship. I don't. I was, uh, I was about to tell our kids all the time. I was like, 707 is great for exposure. I think it is. I think it, it's great to, you know, work your craft and everything. But you can do that by running track. You know, I'm not going to knock 707 because I think it's good it for is, quarterbacks, receivers to throw DBs and linebackers to get work. It is but a tool, not a tool. to get you anywhere because you have to play football. Yeah. It, it, is, it is a tool in your toolbox. It is not... It is not the, the, the main is not the main tool. It is not the main tool. Yeah. It is a tool. It is an effective tool. It's a helpful tool. But it is not the one and only tool that you it's not the universal tool. It's not the yeah. I'm gonna go out, oh Bama offered me because I played in this elite seven on seven tournament in Knoxville. No. But what can happen is, hey, I played in this elite seven-on-seven tournament in Knoxville. I became stronger. I became faster. I became more technically sound so that when I do play in my first game or when I do camp at Alabama, I will stand out more, and then they will offer me. That's how that works. Ding, ding, ding. That's how that works. I'm charging charging next time for this. And like you said, yeah, a lot of uh, seven on seven coaches aren't real coaches. So, I mean, what's the point? football people. The, the the thing you get out of seven on seven when you play for these organizations is you really just work on your individual skill. I mean, that's that's what I see. Mm-hmm. When you do it with your team, you build chemistry. Your quarterback builds decision making, things like that. But it's not real football. Mm-hmm. It's not real. They're not real concepts. And there's always, you know, you go to like, you take your team to to a ter- seven on seven tournament, and there's always, there's always, there's always, there's three types of people. Okay. There's the person that we're going to do what we do no matter what. Um, you know, we're we're not we're just gonna. You know, we just understand that we're, we're a running team and we're just going to run the ball. We're not going to do well at this thing, but we're going to come here and we're just going to do what we do. There's a person, then there's the, I'm going to invent a whole new offense just so I can win this tournament because I think that's the most important thing in the world. And then there's the cat in the middle that's like, okay, I understand that we're, we're a certain team, uh, but there's some concepts I want to test out. So I might test a couple things out in this tournament, see kind of how they work. I'm going to try to develop my passing game. That's me too. Like I developed uh, a few years ago when we had, uh, we kind of, you know, at the school I'm at, you kind of have these like once every like three or four year windows where you get like a, you get, you get a batch of like really good players. Mm -hmm. And this particular season we had a, we had uh, it was my second year in the program, and we had our entire skill unit coming back. Our entire starting skill unit returned. They were all juniors the year before. They all returned as seniors. So I had that second year with them, and we had tried some things out scheme wise. I mean, we went from spread to uh, to gun wing tee 
back to back to spread. <laughs> um, like we were all kind of all over the place because, you know, I came in, I was like, okay, I want to, you know, I want to do certain, do certain things. And then my head coach kind of took over, um, I guess, cause things were going South and we hadn't really developed that. We weren't really there yet as, as coworkers or as my head coach, mm-hmm. his office coordinator. So he kind of took things over and said, Hey, I want to do gun, gun wing T. So I said, you know, obviously, you know, I wasn't thrilled about it, but I was like, okay, whatever. And I think he had another coach in his ear, like trying to get him to do that. This was, this was the, not the head coach that I work for currently. This is the one previous to that. Um, I worked for two head coaches since I've been at Hillwood. Um, and then halfway through that season, he kind of realized that it wasn't me. That was the problem. We were just really young. We just really inexperienced. And our senior class was, had like two people that were worth the damn. And everybody else was just terrible. And just not like not trying. I mean, you know, stuff like that. They were just apathetic. So we roll into the next season and I'm like, I want to simplify what we do, but I want to go fast. So, you know, where I started really trying that seven, on seven. you know, that it worked, it clicked in seven on seven. We were, I mean, we won, we beat teams that we should have never even had a chance against granted in seven on seven, but it got their confidence up Mm because we were going fast. They were communicating really well. They were doing really well between possessions of, of kind of, and, and they developed some chemistry along the way. And they already had some chemistry because they played together all the, the pr- previous season. And I thought statistically we ended the season on, on a high note. Um, but, uh, you know, had, had we had our defense been able to stop somebody, we got in a lot of shootouts that, that year. We, and because we didn't have a lot of depth, we ended up on the wrong end of a lot of those shootouts, unfortunately. But statistically, we were one of the best teams. And statistically, we were one of the best offenses in the state of Tennessee that year. But statistically, we were one of the worst defenses in the state of Tennessee that year. So uh, the two didn't really jive together. But um, that's the place that 7-on-7 had for that particular team. Then the next year, head coach leaves. Um, I applied, didn't get it. But I stayed on board because I like what I do in the building. And that coach, we don't do any seven on seven that year. Um, and we didn't really develop any chemistry in the passing game. We, we did some good things. We were able to complete, actually, we were able to complete vertical routes. That was about the only thing we could complete. Um, and then, you know, the next season, we were really good in the passing game. And then this, the, this past season, we were just terrible all around because we we're so young. But um, I think that, I think it has its place. I think it has its place. I don't know where I was going with all that, but I think it has its place. Yeah, that's something I was looking at our, our next, the future of football. I think uh, people are thinking that 707 is the future of football, and it's not. It's not. Um, you know, the big, the whole deal, you know, was a football in like in 10 years. Mm-hmm. I think football is still going to be football. Um, yeah. I, think, I think the outside aspect of the world is what's going to change football. Yeah. Um, these NILs, um, coaches snitching on one another. 
Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of boosters and things getting involved right. um, with this whole recruiting deal. Um, I think that's going to be the telltale of football. You know, I'm all for, you know, college players getting paid. I mean, SEC made $777 million, something like that, um, last year. So, um, obviously, they ain't hurting for money. Um, so, if a kid can get paid, I mean, pay the kid. Um, mm-hmm. I do think it does, you know, give a little um, undue influence, you know, if a school can pay a little bit more. Um, than that, but at the same time, the school's not paying for it. You know, it's an outside source. You know, right. who, who has the better NIL deals? Um, so I think, but at the I same think that time, is I, real. Think, I think that trade. I think that you know, what does it do for boosters, though? Yeah, I don't think boosters is going to be any good anymore after after a while. Because I mean, there's only so much you can pay, but these top notch companies can pay whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, Football in ten years is gonna it's gonna look the same, but I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a little bit more entertaining from the simple fact that every kid is gonna be wanting to play a little bit harder so they can get an NIL. Now I could be wrong, but I think if I'm if it's me, um, and I'm in high school right now, I'm, I'm trying to ball out so I can go to you know Texas A and M where they're handing out millions of dollars apparently mm-hmm. um, <laughs> for me to come to their school. Now, be careful, Jimbo's going to come after you now. Hey, man, Jimbo just need to quit snitching on other people. He's been doing this since that issue. Don't let, let's not play. The, let's I mean, not, let's not get it twisted. Yeah, you're right. You're it, right. Even Nick Saban, even Nick Saban's not even playing that. He's just more so on the fact that you know, at what point, you know, are we recruiting the player or is the NIL recruiting the player? You know, and in, in which I can understand that. You know, that that makes a lot more sense than saying that hey, these people are playing these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean that you know, and and it's going to be like that. There's going to be a handful of players that come and go because of nil, and there's going to be players that come because they want to play at Georgia or they want to play at wherever. And it's just it, that just is what it's going to be. And I, I think if you know that, if you have foresight into knowing that, I think you can plan a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, make, make some stuff in College Station. It's fun. People want to go to Alabama and Georgia because it's fun. Tuscaloosa mm-hmm. is apparently, I've never been to Tuscaloosa, but apparently it's fun. You know, I've very been to similar Auburn. Athens, yeah. Auburn, yeah Auburn's, Auburns a lot of fun. fun. Uh, Ole, Miss, Ole Miss is fun. Ole Miss is a lot of fun. Um, they, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a reason why they've killed it in the transfer portal. <laughs> and it ain't, it ain't all Lane Kiffin, I, I promise you. I promise you. Yeah. Springtime in, in Oxford is, uh, I, 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 I imagine, yeah. I've been to Old Miss before. It's, it's real fun. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. I mean, um, and go to a place where your head coach is not doing weird dances. Yeah. That's, that's that also part. a plus. That's also a plus. But I think, I think either they love Brian Kelly and his weirdness. You know, it's crazy because they're at the they, bottom they, tier recruiting. They, and they've embraced it, I guess. He, uh, has, he came I, in and had a really good recruiting class. Yeah. Got I mean, you guys I, to stay. I, I, think it's, I think it's worth noting. I, I, I think it's fun to have fun to hit their expense like that. But, I mean, if, if you really – if you want an objective kind of look into it, the, the, he's doing a tremendous job. He's doing a great job yeah. down there. Um, and, and I think he will, I mean, he, he's, he's a good coach. He's not, 
Um, and, and I think ultimately he he's made some good hires and I, I think you'll, you'll start to kind of see it maybe not right away, but I, you know, I, I just, LSU is such an enigma at this moment. We don't know exactly what they're going to do and what anyone can do for that program, much less Brian Kelly. But I, I think there's somebody who was able to win 10 games a year at a place like Notre Dame where you can't recruit because it's mm-hmm. nearly, you know, you can't hardly get anybody qualified. Yeah. You can't, you can't hardly get anybody in school there. And, and he, and he had to resort to like getting guys like Chase Claypool, who I, I'm not sure that Chase Claypool was a huge blue chip name coming out of high school, but obviously he's well thought of in the NFL um, mm-hmm. outside of his uh, clock management skills, but he's, he's been, really successful in the NFL uh, in his brief stint so far um, because he was developed, you know, it's not just signing the talent, it's developing them. And yeah, if you get a few three-star guys, it's great. It's all fine and dandy if you, but those are the guys that make and break you. It's not the five stars. It's the, it's the three stars that you develop into five stars, like the Eric Stokes, like that's what built, like that's what builds the championship culture at a place like Georgia. Mm -hmm is the guys like Eric Stokes who weren't highly touted coming out of high school, but they develop. He was a first rounder and he's killing it with, with green Bay. Like that's the kind of yeah. thing that makes you buy into somebody like Kirby smart, you know, Alabama, you know, yeah. Five stars are going to produce, but it's, it's the ones that weren't five stars that were borderline three, four stars, you know, like that range mm-hmm. of player it's getting those guys to produce, you know, and even then it's not perfect, but you know, that's what makes these successful teams successful. That's the future. You got it. You you got, there's going to be some guys that you're going to be left with that you got to develop because of the transfer portal, because of NIL. Um, I worry about junior colleges and the kids that can't qualify out of high school, like the transfer portal and NIL, like what is it going to do to them? Are colleges going to, are there going to have to be division two schools and, you know, FCS schools and even division three schools. Are they going to have to bend? Like I know division three schools are really tough to get into, Yeah, but are they going to have to kind of bend so that these kids have places to go. Are is D three going to kind of turn into almost a JUCO type football? I think I think if if the D twos and D threes and NAIs don't be in right now, mm-hmm. I think they're going to lose out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, because if it's me and I can't get into you know the Power Five school or anything like that, if I can go D one, I'm going to JUCO, but I'm automatically going D one. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to get those kids you know, who can be recruited again out of the JUCO unless you bend a little bit. So yeah. I think it's time for the D2s and, and lower to, you know, kind of readjust, you know, their thinking on life and figure out, you know, one, how to get some money. Mm-hmm. And two, how, how are we going to appeal to these kids who are signing these big NIL deals? I mean, you can go D2. I mean, but also State is, you know, right down the road. And I mean, they're getting kids left and right. You know, yeah, because they're they national built the culture. They're a national championship program. They, I mean, they they do things right down there. Exactly, you know? and they're getting kids. They're, they've changed their whole thinking on life because so they can get those kids. And I've been impressed with West Florida. 
they're a young program that down there in Pensacola, they've done a tremendous job, but like there was a friend of mine that was coaching there for a little while. I think he's now kicking around in the Northeast somewhere. I think he's at, uh, he's at one of those Catholic schools in Wisconsin now as defense coordinator, but his name's Riley Swanson. Shout out to Riley Swanson if you're listening, but, um, he, uh, he was at West Florida for a couple of years um, and, and they made a semifinal run ended up losing, I think, but they made a semifinal run. And I think it was just like second or third year of having a football program. So there's some good football out there. And I, I encourage some of these kids to look at the D two level because, you know, I, I think, I think with the transfer portal and having so many people in it right now that, that haven't landed yet, I think, I think FCS is going to benefit. I think it's going to be a higher level of football. And I think even division two, I think the trickle down effect of the transfer portal, I think is going to benefit your FCS and your, and your D two schools. Um, I, I'm kind of worried what's going to happen with NIA. I, I don't know in the, you know, I don't know long-term what's going to happen there. Um, with, with their, I mean, there's some good football in, in, in AIA, but I just, you know, I don't know what their money structures like with their, you know, with their scholarship structures like and stuff like that. So I'm kind of curious, <clears throat> I'd be willing to kind of keep my eyes peeled on that, but you know, the way we recruit it at Hillwood, I, I think that in AIA and D three are schools that I really are more keen on because that's where our kids usually end up. But so I, I, I think, I, I think the trickle down effect is, is going to be the biggest thing. Um, and you're going to see a lot better quality football across the board because you're going to, you're going to be giving more people opportunities. You're going to give D two schools more opportunities to get D one kids that they didn't think they'd ever get because when they hit the transfer portal, like <clears throat> there's nowhere for them to go. So, for sure. It's, it's got to get it's got to get fixed. Otherwise, you know, what's the point of going out of recruiting if we're just going to hit transfer portal? Yeah, and, and I think the coaching staff structure is also going to drastically change. I, you know, I, I think where schools had huge recruiting staffs off the field, now I think your recruiting staffs are going to be on the field, and your X's and O guys are going to be off the field because you, I mean, obviously, you're going to have you know, obviously those, those on the field coaches got to be good at both, but they're going to be, I think the average age of your on the field staff is going to go way down Um, because you need your strong recruiters because those guys can go out on the road and you're going to have these old heads come filling these analyst roles where all they have to do is sit back and and scheme and then recruit when, when the recruits come on campus. So I I think you're going to see almost a flip and what's happening, which is going to be interesting. And you're going to like, you're going to see, and it's going to happen. And it kind of sort of happened with Will, with Will Muschamp. Like you're going to see somebody get promoted from an Will analyst role to a coordinator role. <clears throat> yeah. Well, they think Will Muschamp's the oldest home field staffer we got. Mm-hmm. And he's at like, just at this particular moment in time. And he's like two years older than Kirby. he's not even 50 years old um that's pretty crazy uh so i I think you got to look at it like that too i think that's i think that's interesting and you're gonna have uh 
it's going to, it's going to really kind of look like an NFL structure when it comes to like, when it comes to coaching and personnel departments, like you're going to have, you're going to have your off the field recruiting personnel, like people that focus on high school personnel setting up camps and all that stuff. But you're also going to like, you know how in the NFL they have pro personnel department, pro scouting and college scouting. You're going to have kind of something like that in college now. So you're going to have a director of college scouting in college where they scout other colleges. Like they have territories. It's going to be a very much of an NFL scouting model pretty soon. And it's a good model. It really is. But you, but you're going to, you're going to have somebody that has their ear to the ground in a certain, in a certain area, every college from NAIA to power five. Their job is to know what's going on. Somebody, and their job is to, as soon as somebody hits the portal from their area, they are there. They are on the phone with them. So the NCAA is going to have to kind of modify some of its rules here pretty soon. Yeah. They're either going to modify it or, you know, people are going to find a way to get around it. So you might as well go and make it easy for everybody. Exactly. So, but, uh, but Israel, we've been, uh, we, 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 we're like that toy that you wind up and you, just, you, go just, over, you yeah. just let go. And then all of a sudden it's like three hours later and we're still going. Um, but uh, we're, we're, we're going to kind of, we're going to kind of wrap it up right there. We're going to, uh, and uh, you know, it's been a fun show, man. I, I think, you know, talking a little bit of basketball, I, I think trying to find some solutions there, talking the foot, talking uh, future of football and seven on sevens and camps and, you know, how, how everything's going to look, I think is important. Uh, and I didn't know you had actually partnered with the MVP camp circuit. So that's pretty cool. I saw that on Twitter, just, you know, minute minutes ago when I was trying to look for something that you had retweeted before that I can't seem to find, but, um, so I'm happy for you there. I'm proud of you there. I mean, you're, you're getting your, you're getting your name out there, man. It's, uh, it's exciting. Hey man, I'm just, just trying to grow this platform. Um, you know, Chad Simmons and that crew, you know, they, they're big and they're in my recruiting with 24 mm-hmm. seven. Um, they're still big in that, that whole deal. So, um, Rusty Manziel, you know, who's a part of the, uh, Georgia uh, high school hall of fame now, yeah. um, as of today, you know, they're doing some really good things. So, you know, I've been blessed to be able to be able to work these camps and, you know, work the all-star games and stuff. So, you know, just trying to, you know, make it <laughs> as they would say. Yeah. And, and you're doing a tremendous job of that. But um, all of you out there, our Facebook page is actually the, the biggest thing that's blowing up right now. Like it's we're, we're, we're creeping up there towards a thousand likes on our Facebook page. So keep that up. Uh, we get a bunch of new likes every day. So that's, that's exciting. I didn't, I thought that would be the last platform that, that built up, but apparently it's the, that's the one. So um, all the actual podcast people actually get on Facebook, I know, you right? know, the younger generation, you know, we're all Twitter and everything like that. So. TikTok and Snapchat. So we gotta, we gotta find yeah, a way, yeah. you know, I say this all the time, but eventually my, my old ass is going to bring us to TikTok. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, subscribe, comment, find us wherever we are, uh, follow us, uh, give us some feedback, download the show, download the audio version of the show, click on our YouTube channel, check it out. There's, there's a lot of other great content on our YouTube channel that, that, that I echo that we echo. So, you know, that we, 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 
We also partner with y'all's conference network on some on some content. BC of the East with me and Vinny in, in Israel. SEC After Dark with me and Stephen Willis and Jake Thomas from Tide Talk and uh, Jeb Jeb Beecham. Uh, you know, we we pair Vinny's show up on there. Uh, the DGD podcast. Um, you know, we're, this is you know this is a very non compete like kind of family deal. We're not you know we, we, you're gonna get your content like you're gonna, you're gonna get it. Uh, on, on our channel so and if you want to broaden your horizons believe in georgia dogs is is the channel that you want to go to because we carry it all man that we're we're we're, we're a full service uh full service channel but uh the bread and the butter um is is right here with uh with with israel and i so make sure you subscribe make sure you comment make sure you give us some likes and and follow us and 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 stay along stay on board because this this ride is just now uh taken off so uh, as we move forward with the USFL draft, you and I are going to pick teams. We're going to we're going to determine who we're going to root for in the USFL season that starts. I think it cranks up in April, so that'll be fun. Uh, we 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 gear up towards the NFL Combine, NFL Draft. We'll also obviously follow that because there's a bunch of Georgia Bulldogs in in the uh, in the upcoming draft. So we'll follow that. We'll follow baseball a little bit. Uh, we'll. we'll continue to wrap up and, and cover basketball. We, we do it all here and uh, we, we we're excited mm-hmm. to bring you all the, all the great content on a weekly basis. And uh, we're, we're, we're slowly building it, but we're going to start giving you some, some smaller things, some smaller nuggets throughout the week, just to kind of keep you uh, satiated for the main event for the main course. So, um, but we are the believe in Georgia dogs podcast. We are presented by BetOnline.ag. We are, uh, coming at you on Brinks TV as well. Uh, Brinks.tv, check it out. Uh, check out the other shows they got there as well. So uh, for Israel, I'm Corey Burton. We thank you for joining us. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you back here next week on the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast presented by betonline.ag and Brinks TV. Good night. Go dogs. Go dogs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.